So do you know why, if you take a Synology and put it on a rack and you plug a power cable into the back of it that you know is working when you took it off the rack, why it doesn't turn on? So you unplugged it from somewhere where it was working. It had power. Mm -hmm. You stuck it in a rack. No, I took it to my desk. I fixed it. I brought it back to the rack. I plugged the power back in and it won't turn on. Because so I was, was an working. idiot for four and a half seconds. <laughs> then I realized what happened. It was working at your desk. No, I never even turned it on at my desk. Oh, oh. I took it to my desk just to reseat the hard drives. So it was working in rack. I unplugged it from the back. I took out the Ethernet cable. I brought it to my desk. I opened it up. I reseated the hard drives. I closed it. I brought it back. Plugged in the Ethernet. Plugged in the power. Pressed the power button and nothing happened. Why? You didn't press the power button when you took it out of the rack. Mm. That could have been it, but it's not. The answer is, whilst it was sitting on my desk for the last four hours, the short power cable that goes to the power brick, the power brick used gravity and unplugged itself from the short power cable. <laughs> it's a lot better than my, my desk where my keyboard goes like this every time I type on it. For those who are, who, if this does make the cut, for those who are not watching the YouTube, my keyboard goes up and down because my desk has like a a, a pinnacle, a point, uh, a, a pivot point. What do you call that? Um, and it looks like the, it's the place where the folding table folds, Justin. Right, but it's not folding flat. Is right. the problem here, right? So every time my keyboard, I type on one, my left hand leans it to the left, my right hand leans it to the right. So these are first world problems here on the All Things MSP podcast with me, your host, Justin Escar, and OG host, Mr. Eric Anthony. I don't know what we're talking about today, so I'll let you throw me a topic and let's see what we can do. Well, let's continue for just a second on the topic of desks because... I have a new one coming, thanks to Prime Day. I do too. It's in a box in the other room because I need to have the wall behind me painted and the floor is redone and well, my brand house burned to the ground. <laughs> for probably four years, I, I mean, I have a regular desk, a fixed desk, which okay. is where all of this is set up. Yeah. But I also kind of as a wing to that desk, I have this very small pneumatic standing desk. So I grab two bars on the sides, pull them in, and then I can pull it up or push it down, you know, so I have a standing desk. Nice. Um, however, that doesn't really do me any good because the only time I could ever use it is I would like pivot it in front of my uh, my TV that's here in the office. And then I use TV as the monitor and, and it's okay but it's not my regular setup and it just doesn't feel right. So Prime Day, $183. Highly rated, four and a half yeah. stars, like 7,000 reviews. Um, 6,980 of them are fake. Well, whatever. I mean, yeah, if a thousand of them are fake, it doesn't matter because there's 6,000 more. Yeah. But 63 inches wide, 24 inches deep. Um, in the colors that I wanted, because I didn't want something that was white. And most of the other ones that were on sale were white. This is black with like a natural wood top. Yeah. And $183. I'm like, that's no brainer. Like my daughter and her boyfriend bought a hedgehog for $350 the other day. And it'll <laughs> die someday. 
That's the worst analogy ever. Uh, wait, so it's an automatic standing desk? Yes, it's automatic. All right. So I, I mean, I don't mind a standing desk. I don't, I don't particularly care for them um, myself. I actually, I bought an entire. I'm gonna do a big IKEA hack, um, and then my normal desk, which the viewers of the podcast have never seen, because in my old house in my studio, my camera never pointed at my old desk. My executive desk is going to be my new studio desk. So as things progress here, and if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, youtube.com slash at all things MSP and you're watching this in chronological order you can watch how I'm building my my studio and maybe maybe if I'm if I do this right and Eric and I talk about this offline I should film myself building the studio and then we can have a whole thing about building studios and what that means and how to start a podcast and why you shouldn't start one which was episode one um <laughs> I think it's a great idea I mean because I, I could re I could do a reveal of you know when I get my new desk Oh. in place leave a comment below if you want to see battling of the nerds desk battle <laughs> hey it's something that'll make them keep watching or listening right of I'll course i guess video. it doesn't work if they're listening it doesn't work if they're listening but yeah. if you did listen to the episode with david Lindsay, please keep in mind he was an ex-cage fighter and we're talking about fighting it out battling desks so yeah welcome to the podcast folks um I, I think the desking is important. I used to have, by the way, I used to have the greatest desk before I actually moved upstairs. So I used to do uh, my own stuff uh, in, my, in my old office, in my old house. I had this Ikea desk, which you could buy the separate parts for and make your own desk with it, which was clutch. So I actually had um, a full L, right? It's one of their, it's, it's one piece. It's a big L with a curved middle. And then the add-ons was I had an extension piece for one side and I had a, a bumper, curved bumper on the other. And I even had an attached secondary shelf. Uh, and so all the, the, the extension, the bumper, and the shelf were all extra pieces. And then you pick out which legs you want. So I picked out the appropriate legs that work with the system. And I had this massive desk. And for a hot minute, I had on my desk, I'm not kidding you, I had a 34-inch monitor two 20-inch monitors that were on a single stand, a separate 22-inch monitor, and my laptop open. And someone came over and was like, why do you have all of this? And much much like all of us, I answered with, because I can. And like that was the end of it. Um, it was too much monitor for me, to be honest. Um, but like, that's how big this thing was. And I loved that desk. It was great, but it didn't have any like storage space. Cause it was just a flat, you know, yeah. half inch thick piece of wood. But I mean, I had room for days. I love also going on, uh, Instagram, all those like best Mac desk setups and, you know, desk, desk awareness and all those. The, the problem is though, like there's only so many of them that are in there um that are like different like at this point they're all kind of the same um but the problem is they're also all the kind that i like that industrial modern you know edison bulb uh a tan not a, not a light wood but like a medium wood with the dark frames like you'll see with my new stuff i have like what black wire with thick nice you know the darker wood not not that you know what i'm talking about i don't know what color it is brown wood i don't know wood, like wood, walnut wood, like walnut yeah um 
I like that stuff, you know. Uh, and once I get the lighting in here redone, I, I don't. My head doesn't look so shiny, which would be great. Um, it'll it'll be wonderful. That that poster, my Iron Man poster. I don't know what you're talking about. That Iron Man poster will go up on that leaning uh, that leaning G5 will just go somewhere else. Um, and you'll see more expansion because I'm planning on a couple of different camera angles and stuff like that. I have I have grandiose plans for a studio that I have zero money for. So if you're if you're interested in sponsoring the all things msp podcast and sending me some camera stuff to play with and maybe try out some stuff to talk about live here on our podcast atmsp.link slash sponsor yep liquid death i'm looking at you guys <laughs> yeah i mean we already have a video on the youtube channel for liquid death i mean <laughs> I should i should i think i know people who work there i should reach out to them and share that with them. i i will put that in the show notes Put everything in the show notes. Uh, if you can't read the show notes, what do you, you know what? I, I have this thing about podcasts and uh, I know we do it too, but everyone is always like, I'm going to put this in the show notes. I have never listened to a podcast and gone to the show notes. And I'm sure many of you haven't either. So how can we make this, I'm putting you on the spot here and we may want to edit. How do you get, how, how can you, how can we get that information to people uh, more easily than having to look at the show notes. What do we need to do? You know what? I don't want to ask Eric this. I want to ask you, the listener. Comment on this episode, facebook.com slash group slash allthingsmsp, or on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'll tell you a funny story about that in a second. Uh, and tell us how you want us to feed you information that we talk about here on the podcast. Do you want an email? Do you want... A Facebook message? Do you want a punch in the face? Like, what is it, what's it going to take? Something on my computer beeped, and I don't know what. Oh, there we go. Uh, what's it going to take for us to get you that information? And what do you want to know? And how do we get that to you? That's what I want to know from you. Yeah, let us know because we'll do it, right? We already have a subscription to MailChimp, so we'll use that. We'll do it by email. Uh, we'll do a separate post maybe after the podcast drops, or maybe maybe just in the uh, the post where we say that the podcast is dropped, right? That's yeah. an easy way because I'm already doing it. Yeah. You're the best producer I've ever worked with, by the way. I want you to know that. Yeah, from what you can see out here, I'm a hot mess on the back end of it. I, in all fairness, all producers are hot messes. So what do we want to talk about today? What, what's, what's happening in the MSP world? Uh, WWDC uh, happened a little while ago. Mac Mac Admins PSU is next week. If you're listening to this on the time that we're dropping this, depending on when, Mac Mac Admins PSU is July 18th to the 21st. I'll be there speaking about peanut butter and jelly, a love story and documentation. I I think I need a recording for that because I can't be there. Uh, but I will be at ChannelCon August 1st through the 3rd. And by the way, if you're not registered yet. Use the code EANTH23, and uh, you too can go to ChannelCon for free. You just have to get yourself there and make sure you're not sleeping on the street. Where is it? It's in Vegas, so sleeping on the street is normal, but it's August, so it? you don't want to well, do it. You don't do it. Unless you're sleeping on one of like, the misters, um, or one of the things. Next year, I'll come with you to ChannelCon. I can't come this year Yeah. due to, due to timing and other things that are going on. I actually have to go to clients and... The week after ChannelCon, I have to go to clients in Des Moines, Iowa. So 
I'm trying to limit how much traveling I'm doing to be away from my family. Sometimes yeah. we do want to be with our family. Sometimes we don't. It's understandable. But no one and also, as a public service announcement for anybody going to Vegas for Channel Con in August, <laughs> do not wear Crocs outside. They will just melt to the concrete. <laughs> no, don't. Which is it? Is it one particular hotel or is it strong? It's at the Venetian. That's a good hotel. I like the Venetian. Yes. And the Palazzo is gorgeous. Um, there's actually, oh, if you're in the Venetian, okay, uh, there is a, in the Venetian shops, in like the newer part, there was a store called Shinobi. It's a menswear store. Uh, and the theme of their store, and I, this is a true story because I was just there in, I want to say March. I walked in, they said, hi, have you ever been here? And I said, no. And they said, our theme is, and I was waiting for something, and he goes, James Bond on his day off. And I was like, I love everything about this store. And so I bought some stuff. I bought a jacket. I bought some sneakers. Um, it is, if you've ever wanted to feel cool and spend a lot of money, because that store's kind of expensive, uh, check, just go check out the Shinobi store. It's awesome. It's small. It's cute. It's got really, really nice clothing, backpacks, accessories. And if you want to be like James Bond in his day off, there's a lot of pictures of Daniel Craig in a bathing suit around that store. Um, so that's where all your money went for building your studio. <laughs> yeah, I spent it all on a sneakers and a jacket. And and I and by the way, I believe we actually mentioned this store in episode one or two. Oh, right, because we had just started. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're at Channel Con. Go say hi to Eric. Tell him you want to be a guest on the show and then go buy him something nice from the Shinobi store. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'm, you know what? I, I was I was going to flinch at that and I'm like, no. No, I'm good. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. Bribery works. Bribery will get you everywhere. <laughs> We're trying to bribe our sponsors. We're trying to bribe our guests. Which, by the way, by the way, breaking news... I have a verbal commitment Ooh. from our first sponsor. I, I'm not going to name names yet because in case something happens, but I have a verbal commitment from our first sponsor. Verbal going to be awesome. Verbal commitments in some countries is legally married. <laughs> don't ask me which ones. I don't know. I just, I know there's a joke somewhere around that, but whatever. I'm sure there um, is. So, so what's been happening, uh, in, in the MSP world. I mean, to be honest, with the move, I've been kind of out of, out of things. I'm not going to lie. But there have been some, there's been some uh, changes. I know there's a, a lot of things that are, that are, that are in the works. Um, Jamf recently acquired a company that does like dashboarding. Uh, let me just pull up their thing. Data Jar. They acquired a company called Data Jar, a leading Apple technology managed service provider. Uh, DataJar is a UK-based leading MSP focus on providing powerful and Apple and Jam services for business and education. Uh, the terms obviously were not discussed. This is kind of important because um, there now Jam now has the ability to offer managed services, and this is I think something on the PC side. I think a lot of people were maybe getting a little worried about what happens the day you know the big K starts offering MSP services or Microsoft. So we talked about this last week a little bit with Ryan. If you're listening in order, uh, go back, if not go back and listen to the episode, uh, MSPs take on the giants with Ryan Grimes. And you know, what happens if Microsoft starts offering MSP services? What does that do 
to the one two person shop and how do they survive well i'm going to be consistent from when we talked to ryan right i believe that large companies aka electric on you know the the windows side of managed services um and and all of the larger companies too like microsoft amazon i don't think that they're going to be able to provide the level of service let me call it, let me call it something different let me call it the detail of service the specialization of service that a local IT service provider, a managed service provider, whatever you want to call it, is going to be able to provide for the S in SMB businesses. Right. I think that uh, that white, we call it a lot, the white glove service, right? That detail oriented, I'm going to help you from start to finish. Because not to knock on Jamf, Jamf is like the IBM of, of, of MDMs for the Apple thing. But Jamf has always promoted the idea of zero touch, right? You hand a new employee a computer with a password on a sticky note, which is already a bad idea, and say, you can log into everything with this. But then that user has to sit down and set up their email and set up, well, sign into Slack and accept all those end user license agreements. And while you're not supposed to do that as an MSP, a lot of us do. This way, when the user starts on day one, they don't have to do all that stuff. Their mail is already working. Their calendar is already configured. Their notifications are already set up. Their Zoom preferences are already set. Their Teams preferences are already set. All those things that we do. That's the white glove service we're talking about. That's the detailed service. And I, I agree with you on this one, man. Like, I don't think that a big tech company, Jamf, Microsoft, Google, whoever, is going to offer that level of commitment and detail oriented service. Well, and I think it's, I think it's actually more basic than that. I think it's almost at a physics math level. Okay. For them to be able to do it at the price point where they become competitive, they have to do it as a commodity, right? If they do it as a commodity, you're going to lose all of that detail, all of that specialization that makes it unique to that small to medium sized business, which, by the way, is why initially companies like Electric have taken off. Yeah. And because people can buy their basic support from that company, but that basic support only gets you so far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't get you to the point where, and I think Dave Sobel is the one that talks about this a lot, is it doesn't get you to the point of adding value and adding revenue to the bottom line of that small to medium-sized business. Electric's doing PC work now? I thought they were only on the Mac side. Mm, I'm pretty sure they're doing Windows stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I've definitely lo I've lost clients to Electric before solely on price mm -hmm. but they uh, i find out through the grapevine that they leave electric pretty quickly and i'm not trying to sh i'm not trying to ish on electric no like if you're listening no. from there it's fine but like there there's a difference between commodity and service and, and this is what we're kind of talking about the s in msp is service 
You have to provide service. I always said, like, I have the same thing with the ACNs, right? Apple Consultant Network. The C is the more important part. It's not the A. It's not the thing that you know Apple. It's that you are a consultant and you can provide consultative services that you can <clears throat> guide the people in the right direction. A lot of the time, uh, these big companies that are going to try to provide these services, they're just going to cut through all the fluff and go right to the answer. A, straight to B, no answer. They're not going to take time to get to know the person, understand their their personality, know what what else needed. How does it affect other things? Is it more business? And and know without having to ask the questions like, is this affecting your entire business? Like, these are the things that we as the small companies can do and do better than these than the large companies that are trying to offer this as a as an add on. Right. And, you know, part of it is competing on price is a race to the bottom, right? I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to have runaway success getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, regardless yeah. of what your costs, what you can get your costs down to. And I think there's also, there's a, let me call it a synergy between the small to medium sized business owner that owns an MSP and the small to medium sized business owner that owns a restaurant or a doctor's office, or a law practice. There is, there's a mindset there that they both get that I'm not sure a big business can. Yeah. There's a great little video I've seen online about competing on price, where it's like two gentlemen are selling a car, are selling a box of eggs. And the first gentleman says 60 cents, and the person next to him says 50 cents. And then the first gentleman sees the 50 cents and lowers his price to 40 cents. The second gentleman sees the 50 cents, lowers his price to 30 cents. The, the first gentleman then looks at the second person and buys all of his eggs for 30 cents, buys all of them, puts them on his stack, and then makes his price 60 cents again. Yep. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's a, it's a race at the bottom where someone's going to lose, and it's not going to be us, the small to medium-sized IT provider it's going to be the client yeah and then eventually it all come back it, it, it should if you know history is an indicator it all should come back to us eventually at which point you get to go well since you left my price has gone up to 2x and now i'm going to charge you 350 an hour as opposed to 175. well and it is an opportunity to do that right because and, and I don't even think it's underhanded or unethical, right? Because you were, here first. <laughs> you were probably undercharging to begin with because yeah. most of them are. Come on. I mean, we all were there. Yeah. And the client now sees the value like they never saw before. They understand the difference between what they got from somebody who's just delivering a commodity versus somebody who's delivering a true service and consultation. The the pricing thing is also a really interesting one. Like if you haven't updated your pricing in six in the last six to twelve months, you're undercharging. Yeah. I just want to throw that I just want to throw that in there so we can continue on. Because like the the people that I have this pricing question a lot. And it's weird because New York pricing is obviously different than Midwest pricing. Like I was just talking to one of my staff members today who was like, what are we charging for residential? Because 225 an hour seems high. And I was like, that's New York price. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how much do you want to charge him? Well, he's like, our normal price is like 115. I was like, that is way too low, even for Columbia, Missouri. 
So we settled on 175. I think that's fair. And the person can either go, you know, the person can accept it or not. It's fine. But like your price does dictate your level of service in your client's eyes, which again proves that you're not a commodity and that you're coming with years of expertise, personal expertise, knowledgeable connections, and also that white glove deliverable to do and to know the client and do what's best. I mean, if you, if you, if you have a client who's going to start working with one of these big tech firms, they're not going to get an email on their birthday. Like you should be sending them just to say, Hey, happy birthday. No, it's today. Just thinking about you. Thanks so much. Or, you know, sending them a proper holiday gift or, you know, they, you hear, you hear about them in the news and you see it and you send them an article being like, Hey, I saw this on LinkedIn. This is awesome. Way to go. Those big companies aren't going to do that. That's the personal touch we're talking about. Yeah. And I want to go back just a second to the 175 because sure. a lot of people are going to say 175 for residential. Yeah, yeah. Because Justin knows what kind of client he's going to get at 175 that he would get a whole bunch more clients if he was at 115, right? But they're not the clients he wants. Yeah. And there's the difference. Now, if you're starting out and you're in the mode of you'll take anybody and your expenses are low, go for it. Just realize that as you move forward, as your reputation grows, as your skills grow, you need to be raising that price consistently to make sure you're getting the customers that you want and not getting the customers you don't want. And by the way, interesting note on this, because I, I was having this conversation with an MSP, I think it was Tuesday about pricing. And I'm like, you know what? We're starting to sell sponsorships for all things MSP. Yeah. I need to go ahead and in my calendar, I actually put a reminder for January of 2024 to raise the prices. So if you're listening to this and you're a vendor, sign up now because we have discounts. <laughs> I uh, The other thing is you never know what someone's gonna pay you, right? Like everyone's so worried about their market rate or whatever it is. Like we used to work with somebody and, and they started with at $75 an hour. And I was like, it's way too low. They're like, people here won't pay more than that. And I'm like, they will. And we started to do it and we did it slowly. Every client we brought on, we added an extra $5 to it two dollars to or whatever till we got to the point and it was kind of annoying from a bookkeeping standpoint i'm not gonna lie but we got to the point where now that 75 dollar an hour area is now i think 165 or 170 before people started to say no and it was the people that we wanted that were saying no right so we learned that that area is capped out but like we could have just been content selling at seven, not content, but we would, we could have just kept going at $75 an hour and been losing a lot of money. When in reality, we would be, we're now making more than double on the same job. So if you're afraid about raising your prices, don't be, do it slowly. Mm -hmm. If you, if, if you fear that like you're at the max, the next time you do service with somebody, you say, Hey, listen, since the last time we've talked, my price has gone up a dollar, $2, $3. Don't go more than five. Cause they'll freak out about that. But like, on the next person after that, or for every new client you bring in, this is a Gary Vaynerchuk move. Every new client you bring in, you continuously raise the price 
until they stop showing up. Yep. And that's how you figure out what your market cap is. And then once you find out what your cap is, where, where that market cap is, every new client comes in is paying that. And every client before then, your next job is to move them all up. It'll take time, but you move them all up. And next thing you know, instead of $75 an hour for you know 50 clients, now you're charging 140, 150, 160 an hour for the same 50 clients. You've doubled your income and you've done zero extra work. Yeah. Ideally. And it's not yeah. just about profit. I mean, profit's good. Okay, let's not, you know, try, <laughs> sugar, try, try and say it's not because it, it definitely is. But yeah. it also gives you more options, right? Because it gives you the option of maybe hiring that extra tech or hiring that extra salesperson because yeah. now you've built up a war chest. You have more expendable cash flow that you can use to build the business. And more than taking money home as a business owner, which is important and you deserve it, right? But more important is having the war chest to be able to build the business to make it better. Right. In my opinion. No, that's true. You gotta be able to put some money away and save it. Uh, you never know what's gonna happen, rainy day. And that's, that is important, that is a big part of it. So work on your pricing. Um, I don't think we, as the, I don't think the majority of the listeners are gonna need to be really worried about these big companies yet. I, I, I think a lot of this is also speculative, um, but we love talking about speculation because it gets us topics and we can make fun of people. Um, the, the idea being that these companies are gonna come in and start taking our jobs, don't start screaming that from the rooftops. Be the best you can be and do more. Do more for your clients. Make them want to work with you uh, on the regular and make them want to not have to question when Microsoft calls them up and goes, you know, we could do it for $35 an hour. They can go, no, thanks. Yeah. Whoever's in charge of Microsoft. I was going to say Steve or Bill, but neither of them are in charge of Microsoft anymore. So... I agree with all of that. And, and I think if I were to sum it up, um, look at your pricing. Have a process for how you create your, pro your pricing. You don't have to get really scientific about it. There are some good books out there that you can buy. Um, Nigel Moore's book, um, Package Price Profit, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Carl Palachuk has some some chapters in his book on it, but have a process for doing it. So you know what you're making on your different products, on your different services, and then have a process for evaluating those prices every year to know how much you should be raising your prices every year. Because if you don't have a process, it's just, you're not going to do it. We have too many interruptions as managed service providers to just one day go, oh, I think I should work on my pricing today. No, that's not the way to do it. Build a process. I actually have a couple of office hours episodes coming up uh, over the next probably three or four weeks on building a culture of process in your business uh, with Alan Edwards. So it's going to be, you know, really informative. It's, you know, we've already recorded it, so I know the content is good. And uh, this would be one of 
those processes that you want to build into your business. And in addition to that, I want to kind of talk about being the, on the consultant side of things, right? I'm actually seeing some managed service providers switch to more of a consulting model because one of the things that a lot of people have been saying about managed services for a long time is standardize, get your costs low so you can lower your price and be more competitive. No, don't do that. Because like we talked about earlier, that's the race to the bottom. What you want to do is become more valuable to your client. And how you become more valuable to your client is adding more revenue and adding more profit to their bottom line. And that will keep you sticky. Yeah. Sticky is good. Add more value. Most of the time. And, but the thing is also in order to add that value, just to put the icing on this, is what I think is something I already said earlier, which is know your client, right? To provide the best value, you need to, you need to know the details about your client. And that's something that those big guys aren't going to do. And so all of this combined, here you go. You now have a client for life. Yep. And part of that process is QBRs. If you're not doing them, do them. If you don't know how to do them, ask. And I'll see if I can get Alex Farling on here to talk about them. Yeah, we should bring that in another one. QBRs are good. I'll be honest. We don't. We've been trying to. We don't. It's different a little bit in the Mac world. But uh, I, I think one of the things is, and we can talk about this in another episode. And actually, I would love to do, let's just do a live time with somebody about it. Um, is asking the right questions because I think so many, again, this goes back into that whole argument of Mac versus PC. I think all the QBR software that's out there is so PC heavy and that they don't care about the Apple people. Every template I've gone to is like, <clears throat> you know, what's your change management for Active Directory? And I'm always like, this doesn't exist in the Mac world and it becomes a problem for people. But yeah, there are a lot of things you can do to increase your stickiness with the client based on your value proposition for them. And then, and that's kind of where we're getting there. Yeah. So and, read books, listen to podcasts and learn and grow. And it's not called a quarterly technical review. It's called a quarterly business review. So take that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mic drop. Boom. And that's probably, I think that's enough for this episode. We've rambled on long enough, but I think it was great information. And I think it's, Number one, it's an important topic because it's something that's coming up frequently is are these big companies going to take away, you know, and, and there's a little bit of a fear campaign, I think, going on. I think yeah. there are people stirring the pot about this and it's it's unnecessary. Uh, so hopefully we gave you something interesting uh, to think about today and something to implement in your business. Stay tuned for more episodes of the All Things MSB podcast with me, Justin Esker, and OG host and producer, Mr. Eric Anthony. Don't forget to follow us, facebook.com slash groups slash allthingsmsp, youtube.com slash at allthingsmsp. Find us on your favorite podcast app. Leave a comment, leave a review, like and subscribe. Uh, real quick, my little like and subscribe story from the beginning of the episode for those who have made it was a friend of mine's uh, young son, who was like three or four years old and was... Uh, sending a video message to his dad who was away. And at the end of the video message, he said, like and subscribe because he heard so much on YouTube. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And as always, we promise we'll do better next time. That's it. Bye.